Welcome to Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. I'm Ryan Calamea. Each week, along with my business partner and co-host, Amy Gosha, or an expert, we discuss a particular topic related to divorce or co-parenting in Colorado. In addition, we have created a short series of lessons that will take you through the legal process of divorce and answer your questions from simple to complex. Divorce isn't easy. The end of a marriage, especially when children are involved, brings a great deal of loss and change. We hope these practical tips and insights will help you on your journey to a new and better life. This is a how-to episode on how alimony or Colorado maintenance payments work in a Colorado divorce. Now, the first thing we need to understand that there's the difference between temporary and permanent maintenance. If you don't know that difference or haven't listened to the how-to episode on that particular topic, I encourage you to check that out. And the reason that's important is because how alimony payments are made depends on if we're talking about temporary versus permanent maintenance oftentimes. And here's why. In temporary maintenance, if our hypothetical divorce clients, Eric and Melanie Wolf, if Melanie is ordered to pay Eric a particular amount in temporary maintenance, let's say it's $5,000 a month. Oftentimes in a temporary maintenance situation, one party is going to be living in the house or there's going to be various expenses such as the cell phone, insurance, mortgage, car payments, those sorts of things that we haven't yet unwound or really divided between Eric and Melanie. Melanie might be ordered to pay $5,000 a month, but of that amount, she is going to pay the mortgage that is for the marital residence that Eric is living in, then that would be taken into consideration. So if the mortgage is, let's say $2,000 a month, then Melanie would pay the mortgage $2,000 directly to the bank. And then that would be offset or reduced from the $5,000 amount. But of that $3,000 that she owes Eric, she would be either sending that as a bank transfer or a check. And she would be doing that usually on a monthly basis. Now we can split up and have it be done where she, for example, pays Eric $1,500. So half of her amount on the first of the month, and then another $1,500 on the 15th of the month. And that might be based on her pay schedule or something of that variety. Now we also have impermanent maintenance. You have that same dynamic, but it becomes far less common in terms of the payments being made directly to a bank. And usually what we, or the mortgage, I should say, usually what we'll have is Melanie will pay Eric, let's say that $5,000 and she'll uh, make that payment. And again, it's preferable to have some sort of, in today's kind of digital banking world, some sort of uh, wire transfer or ACH or some sort of uh, transfer between Eric and Melanie's uh, account. And she'll set that up automatically and that would be being made directly into Eric's bank account. And then he in turn would be responsible after the divorce for his own insurance, his cell phone bill, medical expenses, 
the mortgage, all of those things. Now, that would depend in part on whether or not they continue to co-own or have a mortgage in both of their names. That's becoming a more common right now because of the elevated interest rates and more people are deciding to have some sort of grace period of a year or two or three even years on that mortgage. And so Melanie is going to make sure that the mortgage is paid so her credit, if she's attached to that mortgage, is taken care of. But that is how maintenance payments work. And it should be obvious, but to make the point, Eric's going to be responsible for his own expenses out of that $5,000 and whatever income he has of his own after the divorce. So he's going to be paying for the credit cards and all of those things. Often what we do not have is an offset or there's some thing. And that's usually comes into child support, which I'll get into. And that the example would be that Eric pays for something that Melanie needs to reimburse him by or vice versa. And Melanie in turn would reduce the amount that she pays. But that is more, as I said, more relevant or happens more often in a child support, which I'll record as separate how-to episode. But for now, that's how alimony or spousal maintenance payments work in a Colorado divorce. And until next time, thanks for joining us on the Divorce at Altitude podcast. Thanks for listening or watching this short lesson on the Divorce at Altitude podcast. If you found this helpful, please leave a review or share with a friend. It does help for others that are going through or thinking about a divorce in Colorado. If you want to find out more information, please visit kalamea.law or divorcealtitude.com. And that's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A.law. Remember, this is educational information. It's not intended to be legal advice. Please consult with an attorney about the particulars of your case. We're happy to answer questions. Feel free to give us a call at 970-315-2365. Thank you.